If you have your Bibles again, turn to Isaiah chapter 40. We'll start reading in verse 27, a very familiar passage. Isaiah 40, chapter, excuse me, chapter 40, verse 27. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Well, that's a great scripture, isn't it? My subject tonight, and you can help me finish this, finish this sentence, good things come to those who wait. Good things come to those who wait. Uh, We was, Pastor and myself were in Cleveland, Ohio a few weeks ago, and um, we had a funeral on Saturday morning, and so we decided to, um, to leave on Friday evening from Cleveland, and we drove in on Friday night, and uh, it's a really easy drive, and the last hour is just, you know, nothing but farmland, and then the last three hours, three and a half hours, or 71, and then hit 23, and you're on your way home. Well, everything was going great, and we got to Route 23 and headed south, and just below Circleville, uh, we noticed that the, the, the uh, cars in front of us were stopping, and it was uh, early morning, maybe one or two in the morning, and uh, so we, we understood there was probably a wreck. Well, I had my GPS on, and you all know my stories about GPS. Sometimes they don't turn out real good, but I, it was on my, uh, I'm driving my mom's vehicle right now. My truck's, my truck's broke down, so I'm driving my mom's vehicle, and it was on the display, and you know how the, if you have a GPS, especially the Apple products, it'll show if there's a, you know, a wreck or it'll show that there's a big long red line, which means traffic has stopped. And so uh, it was already on 23. I knew where I was at, but you know what I saw? Maybe there's an alternate route. No, wait a minute. I haven't finished the story yet. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> so I, I, I plugged in home and I punched it, and it definitely showed about two or three alternate routes. There was an exit right above where we was at, and if I could just get to that exit, I could take that alternate route, and we could make it home. But notice this. There was alternate directions. But wouldn't you know it, the road I was on was still the fastest way home. Even though I had to wait, Even though there was a delay, it was still the best route to go home. Now, we could have went that other direction, and we would have been moving, but we would have been way out of of bounds, and we still would have made it to the house a lot longer down the road than we would have. We would have just stayed put and waited. Folks, I'm telling you tonight, sometimes... Even though we are delayed and we have to wait on God, it's still the best route. Even though we may not have our answer and may, it may be an obstruction in front of us, 
Good things come to those who wait. It may still be the best route to go. The book of Isaiah is an interesting book. In fact, the book of Isaiah is a beautiful snapshot of the word of God. There's 66 books in the Bible. There's 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. Your Bible is made up of two covenants, an old covenant and a new covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The book of Isaiah is made up of two themes. Chapters 1 through 39 is a theme of condemnation. But chapters 40 through 66 are chapters of care and comfort. The Old Testament is books full of condemnation and the law. But the New Testament is full of comfort and care when God sent his son, Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful snapshot of what the Bible is. And so you'll find that uh, in the middle of all of this, Isaiah is, is, has become God's mouthpiece, if you will. He, he's a prophet, of course. He's a, what we call a, a, one of the major prophets. But he has become God's mouthpiece to share God's burden to these people that are struggling. And the reason they are struggling is because they are disobedient to God. He, he has a 50-year ministry. And the first 39 chapters are all nothing but condemnation against the people of God. God's pronouncing judgment. He's pronouncing condemnation on it. But in chapter 40, the tide begins to turn. And it's a wonderful chapter. You need to go home and read it. When you think about all the condemnation, when you think about all the woes, when you think about all the bad news that's happening in chapters 1 through 39, verse 1 of chapter 40 says this, comfort ye Comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. In the midst of all this condemnation, chapter 40 begins by saying this, even though you are disobedient, I still have pardoned you, I can forgive you, and I can set you free. Aren't you thankful for that, that even though our life may have went down a wrong path and in the wrong direction, and we were meant for condemnation, thank God, God turns the tide, and he tells us that our sins can be forgiven, our iniquity can be pardoned. I'm thankful that I serve a God like that. And Isaiah was telling these people that there's comfort, that there's, that there's compassion. And he tells them that, yes, you're going to be free. Yes, your iniquity is pardoned. And yes, you're going to come out of this bondage they are in. They're in captivity right now with the Assyrians. And, and he tells them there's going to come a time when all this is going to be, the, the wrongs are going to be made right. But the problem is, it ain't going to happen right now. It says your answer's coming, but you're going to have to wait. But I'll remind you again the title of the message, Good Things Come to Those Who Wait. And Isaiah was trying to tell them, there's a reason why you're in this predicament that you're in. And sometimes, folks, if, we, if you don't get anything else in this message, I pray that you get this point right here. Sometimes God allows us to be limited in our, in our productivity. He allows us to wait on him. Why? Because we learn lessons and limitations when we lose in liberty. You say, Brian, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. Sometimes when God allows certain things to happen, we lose our connectivity with God. 
and he allows us to go through waiting periods to learn valuable lessons that'll help us on down the road. You realize you can learn a lot of lessons when you're limited by God. If he gave us everything all the time that we asked for, would we learn anything? No, but he allows us to go through these periods of waiting. But let me remind you one more time, good things come to those who wait. It's gonna get good here in a minute if you just stick with me. But I want you to notice two things really quickly before we get into the heart of the message. The people of Israel, they had, really they had two complaints of God. And the the complaints are found in the first verse that I read to you in verse 27. Here's what they said. They said, why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? And here's what they said. My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Here was the complaint of the people to God. They were saying, my way is hid from the Lord. They were saying, God, do you see what what we're going through? Don't you see what we're facing? This bondage that we're under, this trouble that we're facing, these burdens that we're going through. Lord, don't you see what we're going through? And then they said this, my judgment is passed over from my God. The word judgment there simply means my concerns, the things I care about. It seems like God is ignoring me. Now, I don't think any of you have ever felt that way before, have you? I sure have. I'll be transparent and I'll be honest with you. There are sometimes when you go through things and you're in a waiting period or, or sometimes God, you pray so hard and you reach heaven and yet the answer hasn't come yet and you're thinking, Lord, can't you see what I'm going through down here? Don't you even care about what I'm facing? Maybe none of you are like the children of Israel. But I said, we got some people tonight that are like that. You feel that way. You've been waiting for so long. You've been going through some times of testing and trial. And you wonder how in the world can life get the way it is? And I'm sure the people of Israel thought the same way. Why would they feel this way? Why would they feel like God had forsaken them? I'll tell you why. It's found in verse 27 again. Some of you, you, you would miss it if you just read over it. But if you, reach, if you just dive into it a little bit more, notice what, how Isaiah referred to them. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? He called the same group of people two different names. And he said, Brian, why would he do that? He's describing the attitude of the people. You remember the story? Jacob had an all-night wrestling match with God. The name Jacob means supplanter. It means trickster. He needed to be changed. He needed to be turned into something that God could use. And after that all-night wrestling match with God, God looked to him and said, your name's no longer Jacob. Your name will be Israel, which means prince. And from that time forward, the nation, God's people, would be referred to as the nation of Israel. But Isaiah said, remember how you used to be? Remember, Jacob, how you used to be? Remember the attitude you used to have? Remember, the, uh, remember all the things you used to do? Remember the trickster you used to be? Because sometimes, even though we are God's people, sometimes we can act like Jacob. And sometimes we're like Israel and we can say, thank you, Lord. But sometimes we act like Jacob and say, God, really, do I got to go through this again? 
That's the way God's people were acting. And so Israel, excuse me, Isaiah called them out. And here's the reality of it. The reality was they were in direct disobedience to God. God was allowing punishment to come upon them. But then he was also giving them the good news that good things come to those who wait. And here's the reality of it, folks. That's my first point. Here's the reality. Here's the reason why they're in such a mess. Number one, because God was not singular in their devotion. Anytime we try to devote our time and our, and our efforts to something other than God, my friend, we're going to be traveling down a wrong path. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. God wants a people that are singularly devoted to him. I know we have things in our lives and, and they take our time and there's nothing wrong with those things. But when those things uh, get above God, when anything get above, gets above God, God is a jealous God and he wants first place in our life but my friend I'm telling you if you singularly devote your life to God you'll be surprised at what he can do with you Israel wasn't singularly devoted they were double minded not only were they not singularly devoted in their devotion they were sinful anytime we have sin in our life folks God can't use us I know that's pretty simple and it's pretty plain but you understand what I'm saying, right? Chapters 1 through 39 talk about all the sin that the nation of Israel was going through. They were in direct rebellion. They were hypocritical. They were serving idol gods. Folks, I'm telling you, that's the, you see, Brian, I'll never, I can never turn to that. I'm telling you, there's people that used to sit in, in these pews that used to come to this church that, that would say, I will never turn my back on God. I'll never serve somebody else. I'll never serve Satan. But yet tonight you won't find them near a church house. Why? Because they allowed sin to enter their life and that's what happened to the nation of Israel they weren't singular in their devotion they were sinful but then their struggles began to accumulate not only did they have one thing going on they had something else added with it and their struggles their rebellion their disobedience They started compounding. Their sin started compounding. And then it became a real struggle. And the reality was they wanted God to do right by them, but they didn't want to do right by God. And we have a a group of people. They're not here tonight because you guys are the cream of the crop. But we have people that call themselves Christians but yet they want to live like the world and say they are a Christian. They want, to, they want to live with Satan and let God pay the rent. They want to live like the world, but then they want to say, God, you're responsible to take care of me. They want to live like the devil. They want to act like the devil, but yet they expect God to provide every need according to his riches and glory. They want to, they want to live a hypocritical life. My friend, it ain't going to happen that way. The reality is if you sin blatantly against God, if you want to live like the world, then you're going to have to pay the consequences. And that's the problem. That's the reality it was with the nation of Israel. The real issue with them was that they were ignorant to God's character. They were ignorant to God's character. You say, what was God's character? Isaiah told him in verse 28. 
They were asking these questions. God's hid from us. He can't see us. He don't care about my concerns. He don't care about what I'm going through. And then Isaiah puts it right back on their plate and says, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. What was Isaiah saying? He says he's got all power. He made all things and he's in control of it all. Have you not heard? Have you not seen? The reason why is because you're ignorant to what God is able to do. And my friend, if we are asking ourselves these questions, Lord, don't you care about me? Don't you care about what I'm going through? Can't you see what I'm facing? Have you not heard? Have you not seen? God is all powerful. He's in control. He's not blind. So don't pretend that he's blind. He knows exactly what you're going through. The problem is you're waiting on him. The reality, the reality. Also, another reality is this. He tells them that over time, if you wait long enough, people will get weak and they will fall. He says in verse 30, even the youth shall faint. The ones that shouldn't will. They'll be weary. The young men shall fall. He tells them the ones that we expect to stand will fall. Why? Because they're waiting. And in that waiting period, God can sometimes use those waiting periods to separate those that will fully surrender to him and allow him to work in their lives. Sometimes he'll say, I'll allow people to go through this test to see if they'll really stick it out. Will they fall or will they rise? And so he tells them in verse 31, We see the reality, but secondly, we see the resolve. He says in verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord. He's, you know what he's saying? He says, if you're a part of they, that means you've waited and you haven't faltered. That means you've waited and you haven't failed. You may have been weak, but when you're weak, then God can be made strong. He says, but listen, if you've waited long enough on me, he said, if you wait long enough, you will renew your strength. The Lord's going to renew it for you. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. I've said this over the past few weeks, but I want to, I just want to just get in a little bit deeper. The word wait is the Hebrew word quava. And it simply means in this passage, it means to tie or to bind. You know what he was saying? He says, but they that don't fall apart, if you wait on the Lord, if you don't fall apart while you're waiting, I'm going to renew your strength. And some of you, I know you're weak. Some of you, I know that you've been through so much. Some of you, I know you're in a waiting period. Some of you have been waiting for years. Some of you have been waiting for days. Some of you have been waiting for weeks and it feels like eternity. I don't care how long it is that you've been waiting, but you haven't fallen apart. You say, Brian, what do you mean? I'm telling you, you're here on a Wednesday night. You're there on a Sunday morning. You're there on a Sunday night. You're continuing to worship. You're continuing to pray. You're continuing to come. You're continuing to be devoted to him. And you're 
regardless of how long you have to wait, you still serve God. You still put him first in your life. I'm telling you what, friends, God, <laughs> hallelujah, if you just wait on, if you don't fall apart, good things come to those who wait. Amen. So what I'm trying to tell you is just hang in there. Keep waiting. Don't fall apart. Don't give up. While you're waiting, don't quit. While you're waiting, don't give up. Good things come to those who wait. Let me, let me finish up with the last point. The reality was that they were falling. They were weak. They're resolved. But he said, if you just wait, I'm going to renew your strength. But then I want you to notice the recovery. The recovery. The recovery is found in the last part of verse 31. It says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Here's what happens if you wait. Remember, good things come to those who? Here's the good things. Number one is elevation. You will mount up with wings as eagles. If you wait on the Lord, and when he does finally show up, and you don't fall apart, you'll be higher than you've ever been before. He'll take you to a new level that you've never been before. Sometimes we have to understand our past. There's no, there's no coincidences. The way the Lord is putting these messages together over the last few weeks, our pastor challenged us a couple of Wednesday nights ago to rise to a new level, to stop staying stagnant in still, dirty water. It's time to raise up. It's time to go higher. And the only way you're going to get higher is to understand and the Lord is responsible for it. Thank God, but if you wait on him, if you continue to serve him, thank God he'll take you to a new level. Elevation. And then he says, they shall run and not be weary. That's not elevation, that's acceleration. I love how God in a matter of seconds can make up years worth of time. I love it. Some of us, we, we've been waiting. We still haven't got our answer. But when he does, it seems like it comes out of nowhere. And before you know it, you're at your destination where you've been waiting to be. That's how God works. In a matter of seconds, God can take what you've been waiting for for years and put it together. Aren't you thankful for that? Good things come to those who wait. When it comes, get ready for it. It's coming. And it's coming quickly. Accelerate. And then he says, they shall walk and not faint. That's not elevation. That's not acceleration. That's continuation. Continuation. You say, what, what, why did he put that in there? Because some of us need to speed up, but some of you need to slow down. He said, some of you are spinning your wheels and you're going nowhere trying to wait on me. Let me give you some good advice. The worst thing you can do while you're waiting on God is to try all these different things and run all these different places without God's approval. Because all you'll do is spin your wheels. That'll turn to mud. It becomes a rut. And you're wore out and you haven't went anywhere. Wait on him. Wait on him. Some of you, you got way too much going on in your lives 
And God's allowing you to go through a waiting period to get rid of some of the stuff that don't matter. And it's time to serve him and it's time to put him first. But the good news is, if you continue, you shall walk and not faint. Good things come to those who wait. There's a greater level with him. He can answer prayers in a matter of moments. And if you just continue to walk in his holiness and his ways, you'd be surprised at what God can do with you. And you'll find out, sometimes waiting, even though you're delayed, is still the best road to be on and still the fastest route to get home. I know we don't like it. Was I frustrated? Yeah, I was. We were both like, man, it's gonna be two o'clock before we get home now, just driving normal. It may be three, 3.30 before we get home. But guess what happened? We just waited. And before you know it, the traffic began to move and it cleared up and we made it home safe. So what you think is a block in the road, it may be God's way to say, wait a minute, wait on me. Don't curse every obstacle that you face. It may be God's way of putting you in a waiting period. But I promise you, if you wait on him and you don't fall apart, good things come to those who wait.